Hi, and welcome to an episode of the JetRails podcast. We're going to be talking today about securing your Magento site. And while we've covered pieces of that topic in previous episodes, uh, I've got Victor from Securi with me today, and we're going to be uh, diving in on some general best practices and things that you can do to help protect your site, whether you're on Magento 1, you're on Magento 2, whether perhaps you're going to be on Magento 1 for a while after Magento 1's official end of life, certainly keeping your site up, running, safe, secure uh, is always uh, you know, tantamount to your success and to your brand. And so with no further ado, Victor, would you mind introducing yourself? Sure thing. Uh, so as Robert mentioned, I am part of Sakuri website security. I function in a senior account executive role for the brand. My goal is typically to work with other agencies and managed providers to identify the best security solution that fits the need. I've been with the company now about five years, and I've certainly I've seen um, my you know wide array of cases and a situation and you know. I would say uh, urgent situations when it comes to these types of compromises. So, yeah, I'm really willing to make sure that anyone listening is properly armed to you know know what steps need to be taken, either proactively or reactively. And I suppose that's a, a big part of understanding security for any uh, publicly facing website is that there's yeah. proactive and reactive that work together in a proper scenario, that it's not all about one or the other, um, which uh, I'm going to shift over to one of my favorite questions that I always try to remember to ask different tech companies. Sure. Uh, and can you tell us a little bit about how the company got its name? Yes. Okay. So uh, the, the main context for it is uh, one of our co-founders uh, is... Uh, Brazilian, uh, Daniel Sid, and he's our, was our CTO on founding. Uh, Sucuri is actually the Brazilian Portuguese word for anaconda. So that had a reputation, of course, for being one of the largest uh, um, snakes and that dominated its habitat in the Amazon, which you know kind of uh, aligned with trying to be a dominant security force for your site. But also the name given to a Brazilian tank destroyer uh, for the uh, military in Brazil in about the 80s or so. The, the exact phrasing, which is found on some of our swag items, is the EE-18 Sukuri tank. Uh, Daniel Sid's family uh, had a long line of mil military personnel um, that has history, so there was some duality in the meaning as well. Yeah. A lot of people presumed it was because it rhymed with security, Total happenstance, not the intention at all, but uh, we understand now several years later how uh, that ended up being the common connection, but it's actually completely based off of some Brazilian uh, context. Yeah, and it's funny, often when I ask the question, I've never you know, gotten an answer to it before and I have no idea in the case of your company. <laughs> I, you know, I, I've been uh, a Sakuri user for years and years and years, um, you know, predating my time with JetRails. And, uh, you know, and, and for those that are listening to the audio only version, you'll just have to believe that the piece of swag that I'm holding up is a pretty awesome tank. <laughs> the, and, and modeled after the tank, I actually, uh, you know, I, we have a shirt, a company shirt that actually also detailed the tank and had the proper E18 uh, 
designation on it. So the tank became also our, our own type of cultural item, so to speak. Yeah. And it's, it's funny you say that some people often don't know the history of the name. A lot of also what prompted the initial history of the company is that there were just a lot of uh, close-knit relationships that were uh, you know, employee-based, meaning you know, we only trusted so many people to join the company, you know, of course, security-focused and whatnot. And because of that, there's kind of a very tight-knit culture that uh, I believe has remained after so many years, despite how large the company's grown. But uh, so you could not escape knowing the history of whom we were working with or how you were connected in some way. Um, so definitely, uh, it was, culturally, it's been really a fun experience. Very cool. And look, I've heard of snakes on a plane. So I guess, you know, <laughs> snakes in a tank is going to, we're going to have to create some new swag for you guys and, and get an anaconda with a helmet sticking out of the <laughs> tank. And, yeah, th- this is Absolutely. why they don't let me make the swag for jet rails because who knows what we'd wind up with, you know, That's jets right. and rails. Um, so uh, understanding that, that the team has years of background um, with web security, yeah. what types of, of security does the company provide today? What, what are the mainstays that your team is known for and bringing to market? Sure. Uh, so uh, we're actually built on three main pillars. So the first is detection, being able to monitor your website to essentially detect existing issues. Most times they're malware related, right? So you'd want to be notified about an existing infection or some type of spam that's permeated throughout your SQL databases and whatnot. But in addition, also just general issues that may be produced through the site. So you may have a sysadmin that gets notified that the DNS zone has changed. You know, some records have been modified when they didn't authorize such a thing. So that's kind of curious. Other things may also result in downtime so availability through your hosting provider that becomes an indication and sometimes there are many organizations we work with that don't even have that type of baseline visibility to the availability of their site which you would think you know we want to know when the site's up or down well not many are you know put in a position to know when uh, the second component then became this is actually a progression of the history of our company great we've identified a problem what do we do well, uh, we have an incident response team that is available to essentially clean up the site. So if there is an issue, the group is around to, you know, provided we have all the access necessary, go in, remove malware. You know, if you're blacklisted, get that domain off of those lists. Google Norton prominently and whatnot. Uh, so that, you know, we basically so are reacting to the Yeah, you know, users just get to the website and they're seeing, let's say, in their Google Chrome browser, some... I'll call it the red screen of death. Um, they're seeing some <laughs> ugly warnings saying, you know, are you sure you want to proceed? This site doesn't appear to be safe. Uh, that's one quick way to lose a, a lot of customers, not just in the instant, but, um, you know, a lot of trust issues with friends, especially uh, if you're running an e-commerce store or something where that, that trust is just crucial to your, your overall longevity and, and lifetime customer value. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes these things are not even as 
clear. You know, it's very easy to see when you have you do face to red screen of death, which is also what I call it. But um, sometimes you may also get redirected to another site. You know, some very fake looking Facebook login page, despite the fact that you know you don't use Facebook. Uh, so those things often indicate, ooh, something's wrong with this site. And those are more obvious cases, but other more disguised mechanisms of infections or compromises also and very prominent, I think, with Magento instances, become credit card stealers. You know, you're going through the site as is, and the site's presenting itself as you expect it, but then you start submitting your personal information or your credit card information through a form that's there, and if it's not properly secured or locked down, then you've likely got some type of uh, a CC stealer, as we categorize Mm -hmm. them, where then that information is getting you know, extracted to some other attacker elsewhere. And then you would know as the buyer or you know, the purchaser, and all of a sudden you're making purchases, you're not receiving the product, you're blaming the site, and in reality it's just someone completely hijacked your information, took it, and, you know, and never reached the, the company who was uh, the storefront on that site. So that happens. And so those types of situations are especially critical because again, that leads to brand reputation, man, how can this store allow my credit card information to get stolen? A lot of people often, you know, swear off companies, you know, when their data breaches get announced, Target and, you know. Yeah, Home Depot. And I mean, there's no shortage of them now. Wawa, the, um, (laughs) the, you know, chain of gas stations and convenience stores recently. And often these, especially larger companies, um, bounce back and, and ones that have these physical brick and mortar footprints where, you know, you're going to wind up back at the store at some point and, you know, maybe there's some consumer forgiveness, but not all companies can weather that storm and get this to that point. Um, Certainly online only businesses or online first businesses are really at high risk because, you know, uh, that, you know, trust online is, is a huge issue. And, you know, consumers are already torn between where to buy that, uh, give or take 50% of e-commerce is happening on Amazon. So you're just giving a, a shopper a reason to say, I'm, I'm not going to buy direct from you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think another component of this, like it's, I think you alluded to a little bit, is not just the ability to weather the storm, but especially as a startup comp, you know, business, it becomes increasingly difficult then when your reviews are put out there initially because you didn't, take those initial steps before going live and, you know, getting your name out there where all of a sudden it takes one bad incident. It takes one bad review. Sometimes there are people who question whether or not they should buy from you or elsewhere. And Amazon, I think is a great example, right? Cause people, I, I know I do, I'll default to Amazon for a lot of purchases. I'll often try to do, you know, let's, let's say if I was trying to get some DIY project done, those are very customized. Great. I can go to a small mop and, uh, well, virtual uh, mom and pop shop, but if all of a sudden I'm seeing really strange behavior, I'm not seeing a padlock on the site, and all and these types of things that kind of lead me to question whether I should finalize this purchase with them, I will likely hesitate and not do it. Um, it's little things like that, and I think people are becoming more conscious of that. I think. The, the data sensitivity of you know all of these compromises, especially as they're more prevalent, uh, make it so. And I mean, I have fa- you know friends and family who often 
openly ask each other in our chat rooms, hey, should I buy from here? Do we go here? What do you think? You know, people are asking more questions, which is good. It's great. Yeah, it, it's as, good. But I'd say that at the same time, uh, a world in which consumers can't trust buying from small businesses or even medium businesses is a pretty scary one where, you know, imagine if that was in, you know, in the physical world that you were afraid to shop in, in a local plaza um, because you didn't know if they'd be stealing from from your account uh, yeah. or, or, or if there were thieves just, you know. So it's kind of like, you know, credit card skimmers at the gas station and some people, you know, really want to avoid, uh, you know, using their card at the pump as a result because, you know, they, they've just gotten better at, at that. Um, it, it's it's a definitely an interesting uh, you know, time for, for merchants of, of any sort in, in terms of accepting payments. And uh, I don't know about your team, but given um, that in the United States that now uh, retailers are more so using uh, the chips yeah. in cards, um, it has, from what we've seen, created an uptick in, um, in thieves trying to use stolen credit cards online where those chips are irrelevant. Um, and they can just use the credit card numbers that have been stolen. Uh, so different, uh, you know, different things going on. Sort of, I guess, different angles to what kind of uh, what kind of abuse is coming at the site. Whether it's uh, you know hackers trying to break in and steal the traffic, hackers you know and, and get it somewhere where they can do something nefarious, or maybe just you know trying to get traffic to some other site where they might try to inject malware into your computer or uh, the number of attack vectors and, and reasons has only grown. And I, I don't think that's just about commerce. Um, you know, the, uh, it's a, a little bit of the wild West still, even though the internet's been around for so long, I guess when you want to create something open that anybody can log in and access uh, that openness can lead to some challenges, but um, you know, I guess from our perspective as a web host, we see that a majority of users are on a popular content management system, uh, whether it be you know WordPress or Drupal or um, you know Craft CMS or some other you know front end uh, uh, management system for uh, an informational lead generating corporate news magazine blog whatever sort of site or e commerce sites you know your Magento's and you know, press to shops and X carts. And, yep. uh, you know, I, I could keep going and going with all these, uh, these modern platforms, uh, that, that have continued to evolve, but, um, that those become, you know, to some extent uh, targeted because there's enough users out there for hackers to look for, <laughs> for holes and, you know, it might be more effective for their time. It's kind of like learning how to, how to pick a certain, you know, lock or, or, or crack a certain safe that once you yeah. figure that out, if the business hasn't upgraded that particular lock or safe, well, you know, you can just take advantage of it. Um, that, that that's sort of the, uh, the regular role. So how does your team look at that? Are, would you say a majority of your users are on a popular content management system like that? Or do you run into a lot of custom users and, uh, what's the difference in terms of being able to keep them secure? Sure. I think from a platform point of view, you know, we, we 
I think we often align with what ends up being the most popular platforms in general, right? You know, WordPress being the most popular. Um, I think Magento ends up being one of our, one of our most popular e-commerce platforms that we uh, support as well. But uh, the, one of the other things that we often also see is with that popularity, um, you know, people often equate, well, there have been more compromises with a specific platform, but that often is paralleled with, well, the more popular the platform becomes, the more they become targeted, right? It's not to say Magento or you know, WordPress or any of these others out there are more or less secure. To me, actually, the res- that often ends up being the responsibility of the webmaster to ensure that no matter what technology you're built on, you have refined your defaults and put in the proper controls to ensure that your website and your store and everything is both working as expected and be properly, you know, secured by minimizing those risks. I mean, uh, I think a lot of what ends up happening, and we actually put out a report uh, to sum up our 2019 year where we basically compiled all of the websites that we cleaned, uh, which gives us really good indication about trends and whatnot. Um, and specific to Magento sites, 20% of those sites that we cleaned included a credit card skimmer, which is an indication of seeing that become more prevalent. Uh, in fact, a lot of our blog posts over the last six to nine months have actually continued to indicate this. And not just across, not just Magento. I mean, other platforms as well have had skimmers involved. And so th- this is becoming something that we're seeing with growth. Um, there are client side and server side client card, I mean, credit card stealers that we're continuing to remove on a yearly basis. So this is, it's sometimes an indication that, hey, look, no matter what the platform you're using, it's not so much about, what you're using, it's what's out there being used as a technique or, or tactic. Mm-hmm. And so how do we ensure that your site, no matter what it is, protects against that? And when you're, and especially as a storefront, when you have to also abide by PCI compliances, you're accepting data, so now you've got GDPR and California's privacy laws and all that. I mean, there's a lot of checkboxes you need to mark off now these days. Um, and in reality, a lot of those compliances, if you're doing your due diligence, will often help in protecting against stuff like this. Um, you, I mean, we get surprised all the time how we encounter organizations that are often lost, don't know how to do these things. So, I mean, I think for us, it's not simply producing a means and you know a tool to help do this i think it's also important to educate uh because often i think people just don't understand the scope of why and how and then that ends up being just as important as you know well should i be using this i mean you should you could you could use anything you want to build your site uh, mm. but you know how can you properly strengthen that site to prevent these issues well, you know, and i think from my experience on the agency side I found that a lot of businesses, whether they they were e-commerce or not, that they built the site and as far as they were concerned, it should operate and everything should be <laughs> yeah. good. And it, I don't want to say it was a throw caution to the wind issue, but you would tell them, hey, we recommend one of these web hosts because they have these extra layers. We recommend these additional services like Sakuri and Cloudflare and and so forth that are going to add these extra layers of, of benefit to you. And it was, but 
the site works, right? You know, like, why am I going to spend more money? Um, and, you know, most people don't own a house or a car and not have some kind of insurance. Um, you know, if, if this is a piece of your business, it stands to reason that it's worth providing some protection. And so I think that the first layer is usually just getting these businesses that don't necessarily have a chief security officer, just yeah. understanding that they do need to take a little bit of time um, to understand their basic security and to feel confident in it, um, n not just to completely uh, assume that everything is going to be the same forever, but to sit down occasionally and just do a quick review with the appropriate vendors that they're working with. Yeah. Um, you know, and so that's sort of stage one is accepting <laughs> that, uh, that you've got a role to play. I'd say that step two uh, is some, uh, well, and, and I guess a part of step one is understanding that these, uh, you know, hackers of different sorts, they don't really care what your website does in many cases. When they're trying to steal your traffic or, you know, get people to download malware so that they can, you know, somehow ab abuse these uh, these visitors that are heading to your website. They don't care how you know if you get the most traffic or least traffic. They don't care um, if you sell socks or if you're you know I don't know. Okay, a local ballet studio. Like, it doesn't really affect them. That this is in in essence, it's anonymized to them. They're just seeking out. Oh, you know, th th this is one that looks like it's uh, you know we can pick this lock. Um, th this one's going to be an easy one. It's automated, and yeah, at least to some extent. So getting that understanding, but then um, you know, back to proactive and, and reactive, that you can do things to protect your site, um, and then you should still be doing things to monitor in case something happens that you're not aware of, um, that something does sneak through, and you know, the, the term zero day in essence. Uh, you know, so, something gets through that no one has seen before or that's not documented yet, that there is no security patch for yet. This technology, um, you know, <laughs> most security patches exist because someone found a vulnerability. Well, if the hackers find it first, that's the nature of it. It's not necessarily that your web developers or anyone else did something specifically wrong. Uh, it, it's kind of like the, the old adage is about, you know, it doesn't matter how you know, how well you build the wall, they'll figure out how to go under it or over it or through it, or um, you have to stay vigilant. You know, it doesn't mean that you just walk away and don't have any, any security. So I guess you've got your, your wall, but then you still need alarms and, you know, cameras and security guards on patrol. Um, and so you, your team, I suppose, you know, offers that more to the, the masses. Um, how do you keep evolving that product as these new issues are found? What's the protocol there? Are, are there, you know, are there quarterly updates? Is it ongoing? You know, what does that schematic look like for, um, for how you're <laughs> continuing to keep up with the changing security trends? I think actually, you know, it's the, the phrasing you used about the attackers finding uh, another way sometimes. And, and I think people often struggle with this. Well, well how could they or why would they? And I, I, I think people don't realize, let's, let's remove, let's say, the, the site component of this. I mean, well, actually, one of my favorite quotes, it wasn't intended for security in this sector, but it was actually from Batman Begins. And it was Commissioner Gordon at the very end of the film 
speaking to Batman about escalation of things, right? He's putting on the suit. So he starts talking about, well, if we as police start carrying semi-automatics, criminals start bringing automatics. And if we start wearing Kevlar, then they're going to start purchasing armor-piercing rounds. This mentality is the same in this, in this website space. Yeah, you're not going to have, you know, your website may not necessarily uh, be very attracting for attackers in terms of like how much traffic you're getting or how many customers you actually have. But the reality is a lot of these people are, you know, they just like to terrorize. And so like no matter what site, no matter whether you were this small store on the block, you're exposed. And that can be tempting to attackers just simply to say that they could do it and then they can do it and they will do it. So um, how we defend against that. So we have a web application firewall where Essentially, what that is, is a layer on top of your site. And often, yes, I think it's, it's very easy for us to, to, to sit and say, you know, we can absolutely protect against what's known. Because like you mentioned, these security patches often are very detailed, uh, include uh, you know, proof of concepts that can even for some uh, security operations uh, implement their own server-side patches, which is fine. Uh, but the the benefit with enlisting with a vendor, whether it's us or some others or another developer dedicated to security or whatnot, is that type of ongoing research that we can do. Because a lot of how our internal workflow is, so we have sites that get submitted for cleanup, as I alluded to. Um, and so we compile this data and often if we can identify trends um, within a particular platform or a particular module or extension, then we can pass that to the research team to see is that something we can add to our signature base. This signature base then can be something that can continue to strengthen our monitoring tools. So that's also something to help identify for our customer base. And then on top of that can be a new rule that we apply across our entire network. Sometimes uh, we have, we often do, of course, do some internal testing to see what else we can identify as potential vulnerabilities in a particular platform and we help disclose some of them from time to time. The idea for us being that we just don't see, you know, the purpose in putting all of that responsibility on the business owner. Where we're, of course, you know, knowledgeable in this field, we can allow for us to basically remove that responsibility off their plate so that they can essentially continue their expected role of running a business or running a team and allow us to essentially say, well, as we're continuing to find new trends or tactics, techniques that can uh, potentially introduce exploits, essentially we can continue to strengthen all of our rules and signature bases as we have over the years. Especially for Magento on sites, that's particularly important as of course the looming end of life date comes. One of the things I've actually had two conversations about that this morning, uh, funny enough, is we're able to ensure that even as they're working toward moving over to Magento 2, but it's going to take them forever because they've made a lot of customizations to that platform, we're perfectly equipped and will be ready to basically continue to patch against any potential future Magento 1 exploits that may present themselves. You know, as, as they're you know, Magento and any other platform out there will continue to want to create those additional layers of Kevlar. Mm -hmm. um, those armor-piercing rounds will continue to be developed on the other side of this 
battle, so to speak. Uh, and we'll be ready for that because we understand there's a responsibility for us to continue to empower the business owner to do what they wanted to do. They, you know, no business owner signs up in reality thinking, I'm going to get really proficient at web application security. No, they sign up to make money and that's what they should be doing. Um, so I, I think to circle back actually on something you touched on, like what are the first steps you do? Take inventory of what you know. Uh, if you don't know how to do something that you have read everywhere, it's really important to do and trust some vendor or some person, someone who is more proficient in this than you. Uh, understanding your own weaknesses. You know, like I know that I'm not the best at, you know, choosing clothing for my kids or I'm not the best at cooking in the kitchen. I'm going to delegate that responsibility to someone I can trust to do that. Uh, in my in my world, it's my wife, and I trust her to make these decisions or to do these things that she's far more equipped to do than I. Uh, as a business owner, if I don't do web application security very well, I will entrust someone else to do that. And so I think that's for us a responsibility to make sure we continue to do that. Um, so the firewall we have and the, the way we've developed this over the years should allow very a very holistic approach on our part so that we are always improving, self-improving even, um, without needing to rely on, you know, uh, other uh, alerts and updates and whatnot. I will say though, having said that, I think if you're a business that's really uh, invested or an organization invested, I mean, at least getting, getting uh, added to Magenta's security alert registry is a really good first step. Um, you know, it keeps you aware of certain situations. Maybe you don't fully understand it, but that could also be just an additional layer of visibility that you have. So you can go to your team and be like, hey, guys, are we ready for this? Are we equipped for this? Um, that, that, that type yeah, of... You know, e even getting a new security patch installed and pushed out for a Magento store, when done properly, you, you know, it's getting installed into a dev copy of the site. Um, often it's going to get pushed to a staging copy. Yeah. Uh, and then finally pushed out live after various rounds of testing to see what that patch interacts with anywhere that it's causing anomalies or any grief, anything that it's breaking in essence or conflicting <laughs> with. And, and so, you know, and inevitably, you know, if you've got sometimes dozens of extensions installed in your Magento site, custom theme, um, various other customizations and modules and you know, if, if things are being negatively impacted by some software update or patch, you've got to go and, and address it um, before you can really roll it out live. And so, uh, and, you know, you may be in the middle of other work. Um, there may be uh, other extenuating circumstances that often it takes weeks. And sometimes, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, with some sites, it, it can wind up in, into the months until it's brought up to date. Um, so yeah. that, that's part of why we believe in in using a, a WAF, a virtual firewall, and and some of these other tools. It's not that it, in our opinion, that it negates the value in properly patching and following other best practice. But you know, but but you don't uh, you don't want to be sitting without this stuff, and that's why for us at, at JetRails, why we partner with companies like uh, Sakuri and so many others, um, where we're both you know blocking uh you know the, i don't know you know the the huns at, at, at the gate right you know the, the barbarians are, are, are at the gate you know we're we're gonna try to block that as much as we can but we're also going to be there to if anything does get through to 
deal with damage control quickly and effectively that usually if you can catch some sort of an infection quickly, you can often catch it before major damage is done of any sort, you know, like the alarm going off as the perps break into the place, Um, you know, cops get there two minutes later. Well, you know, usually uh, that's really minimized any theft or or any other other issue as much as you can. And so with that, you know, that's why we provide a full stack. Um, And I guess the the benefit to a host like JetRails is that you're getting everything from one vendor. You've got one vendor managing your backups and your WAF and your CDN and and your caching layer and your various, you know, web nodes and servers and things and optimizations for speed and uh, scalability and, uh, and things above and beyond security so that as a as a business owner, um, as an e-commerce manager, whatever the the, the title uh, may be in a different organization that, that's overseeing this, that you're trying to manage resources well, that you're not necessarily trying to have five different vendors for this, um, that you're relying on someone to get the job done for you to monitor and maintain and manage the entire posting stack, um, but. Uh, you know, it's a it's a fragmented world out there. So, I mean, personally, um, whether or not someone's a JetRails customer, I highly recommend that they they look at getting a you know serious WAF and having other you know detection going on, server side scanning, seeing what's co- it's basically like running antivirus at that point. Uh, you know, who wants to be running a computer today without that? So, yeah, why would your and, website not have it? Well, and think about also. Uh, not just your computer. I mean, we're we're at a point now where mobile phones end up being another vehicle for attackers to exploit. So, uh, I think so much time has been spent on like working off your desktop sites, but often the, the changes you make on your mobile site or mobile application are not um, always equivalent. So, you know, there, there's just so many avenues that attackers take. Um, when they're primarily looking for, I think when data is the largest commodity now. And I think it's fairly obvious. Yeah. Um, it's That's, I mean, with, Google is not a yeah. search company anymore. They're a data company, the same with Amazon and, and many others. Yeah. I mean, certainly they have products where they have, you know, tremendous revenue, but at the end of the day, data is what's allowing them to, to win as often as they do. Data is what's allowing them, you know, let's say Amazon to recommend products to you and to know, when to reach out with what and how to organize what um, it, it, the power of numbers. So I, I'm with you there. Um, I'm going to shift for a second. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about what you can do, let's say a, as a security add on of one sort or another, uh, an additional layer. What about general best practice? I'm sure that your team you know, let's say you finished cleaning up uh, a site that's been infected and, and um, if memory suits me correctly, you, you know, your team is pretty good at reminding people about general best practice that, you know, in, in essence, hey, you know, don't go signing on to the, your website admin from an unsecure connection. Don't, uh, you know, don't go using weak passwords and other things that are easy to crack. <laughs> yeah, um, I think um, I think a lot of those end up being 
continuous educational pieces. If, uh, I, you know, we even get those passwords to let's say access their environment, right? To go in and review things, and I'll stare at some of these passwords. Like, we're really doing this today? Okay, great. <laughs> we're doing a four-digit pin code for our password today. That's awesome. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah, that that takes how many seconds to crack? Yeah, you know, there's actually, and the, what's crazy is it's actually really cool online resources for this uh, that can help. I mean, of course, yeah, one thing I've always harped on is passwords and um, it's really easy for us. I understand people are often overwhelmed, but they just don't know where to turn and what is even the right answer when it comes to passwords because people say long and complex, but what does that even mean? Um, to me, I think it really becomes easy when a there's resources like LastPass. LastPass is a really intuitive tool I use on my browser, on my mobile phone. Allows me to store multiple complex passwords, which to me equates to using varying, uh, you know, like special characters and capitalizations and whatnot. Length. You mean, Victor, you're telling me that you don't use the same password for everything? Of course. Uh, I, I, <laughs> man, I don't even know how to respond there. <laughs> I, um, look, and, and to be honest, I mean, there was once a time that I did this, right? But then you, you're, when you, when one is informed, you realize how. Crazy it is. There's a site out there, howsecureismypassword.net. It's a really awesome tool. What that honestly is, is you'll go in there, you'll type in a, a potential password, a prospective password, and it'll actually tell you um, how long it would take a computer to crack your password. And they mm-hmm. have some algorithms I'm sure they use, but that's actually going to be a really good key. I, I would encourage anyone who's not using some type of password manager now to go there. How secure is my password.net? And test this password you're probably using for about 10 different things and see how long it takes a computer to crack. Uh, if it's anything less than a day, you're probably in trouble at some point. You're asking for trouble anyway. Uh, yeah. So th- that's my first recommendation. And, and this, again, these are concepts that are just specific to securing your Magento site. These are things also you can apply in um, in your real-world uh I've got a Google Chrome extension installed that warns me if I've got a username and password that that are believed to already be compromised. So if I'm using something that may have uh, already gotten out there in some data breach somewhere that I'm not aware of, because even if I know that there was a breach somewhere, do I remember that, you know, that, that I use that particular, you know, login set five years ago with that airline or something that I also used with another airline um, or something along those lines. So, you know, there are some tools. Um, I always, you know, love when I see uh, the username be something like admin. Um, So, you know, it's, is it, yes, you know, strong password, but go with a strong username too. Like, why wouldn't you just make it a little bit harder? I mean, at, at JetRails for Magento users, we put out a two-factor authentication extension to help keep uh, bad actors out of the Magento admin um, area. But, you know, for our users, we typically just lock that down by IP address so that random people can't be accessing your admin screen and trying to break in. Um, or you know, even, there, I think you should even consider the, the other side of that, where even internally minimizing the 
the privileges you're allowing these roles you're creating, right? So like least privileged access. Absolutely. So going in there, checking your role resources, seeing who's allowed to access what part of the instance, you know, like not everyone needs full administrative access or permissions across the board. Um, So being able to go in there and see who should be maybe a default subscriber versus administrator and stuff like that. I think those, those are just, or even being a super admin, I think those are things that as you know, webmasters over these, these technologies really, really key because you don't want to grant temporary, you know, full administrative permissions to someone who only needs it for a day. If you forget to revoke it, and then that person may be disgruntled or upset later, and they remember they had this access. So, you know, just little things like yeah. that to a fay. I think is I've seen it with web plugin developers or extension developers that uh, were being given usernames and passwords to log in, um, often, you know, generated just for them, but not sometimes, you know, website owners or, you know, folks just give them uh, direct uh, main admin access or what have you. But nonetheless, whatever credentials they were getting, their ticket systems got compromised. They got hacked. Well, yeah. all those users that gave them credentials to try to install a plugin for them or debug a plugin or extension for them or whatever it may have been, uh, now we're being compromised. Um, that sometimes it's, you know, just going through and doing a quick audit. Hey, you know, who's got an account? What do they have access to and why? Uh, I'm with you 100%. Um, it, it just makes sense. The same way that, you know, a lot of folks, uh, we see a, a lot of businesses that come to us that haven't been upkeeping their patches and software updates. But even if they, they are, they haven't necessarily been keeping their extensions and plugins up to date, which can be just as bad that in many cases uh, with some of these platforms, the attack vectors that we see used more often are not the main software. It's not WordPress or Magento. It's some plugin um, that's gotten compromised. So it's a, you know, go and update those. And if you're not using it, um, I, I said on a recent episode of the podcast, if it's not bringing you joy, right? If it's not bringing you value, uh, get rid of it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, these are, these are things that, that folks um, that, that tune in regularly with us that they hear from time to time. But, you know, it's, it's basic stuff. Uh, it makes sense. It's logical. It's just about carving out a little bit of time um, to make sure that you're following best practice. It's, it's setting yourself that reminder whether you're going to do things monthly or quarterly or whatever cadence you set within your business, Um, you know, occasionally updating passwords, you know, that if you've been using, you've been on Magento one for, you know, eight years and you're still using the same username and password, maybe it's time to update, right? Uh, You know, it's just been out there too long in the world, Um, you know, too many risks. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that, that folks need to update their passwords every month. Um, although when you do use a system like LastPass, it's easier to do that because you don't have to remember it. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I guess there there is a there is a lot of that out there um, in the world. You know, the other interesting area we find in, in the hosting world, a lot of uh, customers that we, t- you know, take over hosting for, not only, you know, did, have they not necessarily always upkept um, their... Uh, their content management system, their e-commerce platform, but their hosting environment. So software like PHP being outdated. Um, By the numbers, I think a huge percentage of these websites are on servers that aren't being fully upkept or at least their unique account 
isn't being fully upkept, sometimes because they're not updating their software to be compatible with new server software updates. So if, if your Magento site isn't up to date, you can't necessarily use an up to date version of, uh, of PHP as, as an example. I'll keep picking on that one. Um, you know, does your team run into uh, issues where the, the server layer is, uh, you, you know, is circumspect <laughs> because, you know, basically yeah, the, I, the users are just, you know, maybe they're paying more attention to their e-commerce system or content management system and, and less to the hosting environment. So in that report we put together, we actually found that, so for context, and so everyone understands, uh, PHP 7 is the standard right now, right? Uh, and PHP 5 and those variants reached its end of life. Yet there were still, of the sites we cleaned up in 2019, 54% of them were still using some version of PHP 5, which is... Well, it's a majority, amazing. literally. So yeah, you know, Not by too much, luckily, on, but still, that's tremendous. You know, so, and, and that meant like, and beyond that, there were other versions, 7.1 is no longer supported. So in totality, uh, we found that over two-thirds of the sites that we were cleaning were using a version of PHP that have reached end of life wow. and not receiving any updates, therefore vulnerable. So yes, I, you are completely spot on with uh, the infrastructure as well being just as key to you know putting your your store, your sites in a position to succeed. Um, things like permissions in your directories, you know, we've often encountered areas where uh, you have core areas that have 777 permissions, therefore meaning you can do anything you want, whomever you are. Um, you're not restricted in any way because, you know, there's it's basically a public directory for people to exploit. Um, that's really poor measurement. So there's a lot of hardening recommendations we make um, you know, restricting HTA, you know, making some modifications in your HD access to prevent things like image hot linking, which uh, for those that are not familiar, I mean, like you have images hosted on your site, uh, someone being able to link to that to essentially continue to call on it to drain the resources on your, on your server. Um, so that, you know, that's, there's an example of something that's very benign in theory, but can cause damage. And then you're wondering why you're, resources are being consumed to more than usual when it should be like next to nothing, let's say at 2 a.m. Eastern, um, things like that. So, yeah, I, I would totally it's echo. Interesting. You know, we, we host on our own servers where it's pretty much a, a flat rate, but we also host on the public cloud, you know, companies like uh, AWS and DigitalOcean. And I, I think the challenge is, you know, you're paying for resource, you're paying for bandwidth. Uh, that <laughs> people don't realize sometimes by not deploying the right tools, by not blocking out the bad traffic, even if it's not, a, even if it's not being seen as like a DDoS attack that's taking down your site or physically slowing down your site, and not a you know you're not experiencing a true denial of service to your real users. Uh, it could still be costing you a lot of money. <laughs> well, people don't know, yeah. right? Like if, if the, if the attacks are very, you know, not necessarily small, but like uh, it's just a very slow growth. There are going to be some webmasters that are even fooled who don't. There are how they see an, an uptick in traffic or something else that seems interesting to them. They, well, sometimes they're excited by it. Yeah. And if there's like a continuous baseline, right? So uh, there was a, there was an episode of The Office, for those who have seen it, where one of the coworkers was bothering, bothering Dwight and would just, um, would like every day, put like 
of a nickel inside of his rotary phone thing, right? And so eventually he would add a nickel every few days, another one every few days. So the weight, you never really noticed it. And this isn't the same thing with your bandwidth. Like at some point, you just don't even realize it because for so long, it's just a baseline, even though something is obviously going on in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you knew what was going on. There. I, I never knew how Jim ever got to sell any paper. You know, I, he just did <laughs> such a great job taking care of Dwight in that office. You know, I am in the toast. middle of season three as a total side note. And I can't believe I let it get this long that I hadn't seen it. But yes, yeah, so, but that totally fascinated me. And so I was just like, well, of course, if you've, if, if you fooled someone into a fake baseline that's very consistent, you would never know it was anything but that. It's, you know, it's very obvious to anyone when they start seeing their traffic spike like quadruply and whatnot. Sure, that's very easy to suggest an anomaly and then you start digging in, but it's gradual, a percent more every day, 2% more. Maybe that's just what you were hoping for. But perhaps that's just someone actually totally tapping into some of your resources that you never would have assumed otherwise. Yeah. You know, I've had conversations recently about all sorts of different bots, you know, because a lot of website owners are very familiar with bots that try to fill spam into forms on your site. And it's just a nuisance. Uh, But you get, you know, depending on your business type, people develop bots. If you're running some kind of a, you know, free drawing or lottery or something on your site that they want to submit for that. And, uh, you know, they're going to build a bot to make as many submissions as they can without getting caught in order to rig the lottery. Um, You know, if you're selling items that, you know, let's say, you know, when they release some cool new sneaker um, and, you know, I I was actually at a meetup that was talking about this recently, uh, a Magento meetup in South Florida um, where, where Philip Jackson was, was touching on this, that, you know, you get this business that um, they're going to put out a thousand of this unique sneaker. They've got a lot of value on the secondary market that there are, you know, major collectors and things. And, you know, only a thousand people are going to get to buy that sneaker. Um, and so you get folks building bots that are going to try to, you know, jump in the line as much as they can buy up as much as they can um, before it's all sold out. And, you know, so there's... Right. Yeah, security, (laughs) different things to different people, but, you know, you you don't realize sometimes just how many opportunities there are for someone to try to beat the system, someone to try to scam your business or, uh, or take some unfair advantage. Um, It's, uh, it's a wild, wacky world out there. You know, it's the same way that sometimes when they're trying to break into your your site they just want to send out spam emails and they're looking for a clean ip address a clean hosting account to do it from i don't know what they don't care about anything else about you or, or what you did um about your employees or your business or your customers or you know they're, they're just looking for a resource to abuse of course and i think um because security, I think you're totally right, is relative to your business. It's relative to your needs, uh, you know, what kind of presence you're expecting to have, right? So depending on how large of an entity or a brand you are already may require more granular and more robust feature sets or, you know, or resources to be allocated to something like this. And it's truly all relative. But I think to me, the biggest thing that I typically want to echo to whomever those webmasters are is simply, I would say first and foremost, always take inventory of what you have. And, you know, most 
compliance, you know, SAQs and whatnot will always ask you this. But I, I think beyond that, just take inventory of everything. Know your, know your knowledge. Know the tool sets. Uh, know what options you have. Because if, you, if for business decisions or fiscal decisions, you choose not to certainly, let's say, go with the most robust WAF or you know, uh, security ex- ex- modules and whatnot, that's fine. But then at least take inventory of what hotline options will you have ready in the event that there is a crisis. And so that you know exactly whom to reach out to and when. And establish, you know, what ends up being a, 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 then an approach internally within your business about, okay, great, if there was a crisis or an incident, I also know whom to communicate this to my team. And then that team can either inform maybe my, my client base, can inform other vendors in, you know, that are dependent on things working on our end. So th- there, there's, there's always going to have to be some kind of inventory check across the board. And I, I really, I, I really stress that because some people don't, and they, and I ask them questions like this, and they're often like, you know, I, I don't actually even know what I'm, what uh, my developer set up two years ago mm-hmm. because they left, and you know, an opportunity raised up for them, and they never set this up anywhere. That's common, and so I think most people need to kind of take some kind of annual inventory check of what they have or what they need to be doing. Um, and we, we try to educate on this with uh, some of our blogs and guides about um, what you can do. Um, some, you know, I think, not say entry level, but some, some very basic baseline checks of your thing, things like your HD access and your hosting environment, um, you know, just to make sure. Uh, MageReport.com is actually also a really good free resource uh, for Absolutely. those who don't use it. Yeah, um, and that's really, it's, it's actually, I think, really um, dense in the type of information they provide and highlighting things that are either of medium risk or, or very high risk. Uh, and so I encourage anyone who's yeah. running on a Magento site to go there. And if you're seeing failures and if you're seeing issues and risks that are there that you didn't before, but that probably should be an indication of trying to then set some time aside to just figure out how to put yourself in a position moving forward. Because it may not be today. And it has maybe it hasn't been for the last five ten years, but um, yeah, you know, security is, is not a static state. These things are always evolving, and one day there's going to be some type of mass compromise no one could have anticipated that you were not properly set up for. Um, this happens a lot. Uh, with Drupal, it was you know infamously known as Drupal getting, uh, and mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> so you know. WordPress has had their share of like uh, major plugin vulnerabilities that impacted hundreds of thousands of sites, right? So now there've been some recently, uh, uh, you know, once again, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, You know, at at JetRails, we, if anybody checks out our security page and I can um, drop a link in the the show description, we'll actually go run a bunch of these tools as well as some, some proprietary checks uh, and give you some feedback on security and loading speed optimization. No questions asked. Uh, you know, there are times when somebody will come in for a, a deeper audit, um, but we'll just provide some of that cursory info. You know, we, we love using uh, the tools, you know, that are made available by teams like yours, Victor, and, um, you know, free resources like, like Mage Report. Um, information is power. So whether or not yes. anybody's going to use JetRails as a service, we're happy to at least steer them in some good directions. Uh, you know, and, and with that said, um, I, I think, you know, it, it's also a matter of, you know, every, I feel like every quarter 
I'm seeing a bigger volume of merchants that got sold on the cloud as this amazing thing. And it is in some ways, but too many of them are unmanaged. So they're getting spun up in, in AWS, Google's Cloud Azure, you know, wherever they're heading. Um, they're not proactively addressing updates uh, of their hosting layer software like PHP. They're not they don't have a, a good WAF running and, you know, it's not op- if they do have something, it's not properly optimized and sure. no one's monitoring any of this. Um, and so I find that that's the other side of the fence is that, uh, you know, we, it feels like perhaps every month I see an uptick in the number of merchants that we're in communication with that are uh, almost that they've gone backwards, that they thought that they were getting something better out of the cloud, but they had a, a dev team just spin them up in something unmonitored, unmaintained, and unmanaged. And so they got the cloud, but it's not even really well deployed. Like in, you know, with a Magento site, that's a beast. <laughs> it, it takes a lot of caching. It takes a lot of best practice optimization. You know, you see some folks that just spun up some EC2s at AWS and, uh, you know, and it's, oh, yep, another one that's, that's not well optimized. It's, it's got poor performance. Um, and that's it's certainly not properly secured. Um, so I, I think that sometimes there are just new trends and challenges. Uh, have you been seeing any other trends of that nature on your side? Anything that's, uh, that's up and coming so far in 2020 that we haven't touched on yet? I know we, we captured a lot of it. I think, well, I think uh, credit card skimmers and dealers are chief among uh, some of the things we've seen. Uh, you know, we We'll probably continue to see these types of things, especially against like supply, you know, a lot of reputable companies. Uh, I think web spam is en- ends up being another next lucrative opportunity for bad attackers to generate their own revenue and traffic by diverting sites over or, um, you know, utilizing some type of social engineering to, you know, push those types of uh, attacks. And I think uh, other trends we see, um, trying to think, you know, malicious advertisements, I guess that kind of lends to that, uh, yeah. you know, so SEO spam is probably going to be one of those other things and making sure that as, that's the other thing about think open source is the software developers will always continue to build new products and add new features. Um, but a lot of these, a lot of these features often, you know, I think people need to really challenge themselves to be diligent about how often is that particular product being updated or when was the last time it was updated? Uh, how many downloads or uses, uses have, has it had um, that can justify it being a sustainable product and not broken by design, right? And uh, in some cases, uh, you know, is it better to get that one-off thing because it's cheaper to do that? Or is it better to get a SaaS add-on where there's someone you know, software as a service, standing behind it, maintaining it and, and managing it uh, from yeah. from the add-on perspective. So like in the Magento community, there, there's been a, a bunch of these now. Um, Shipper HQ was one of the earlier ones that there was a team called Webshop Apps that had written a lot of uh, Magento shipping extensions. And they finally yeah. realized that they could package that up, keep it maintained, uh, you know, in a better situation by you know, charging an ongoing fee and, you know, hosting some of it in, in the cloud and, um, a, and doing things a little bit more directly than just saying, here's this extension. We hope that as we put out patches that you install them and we hope that you, you know, not, not to say that they're, let's say, Magento extension or something else might not need an update from time to time. But, um, 
you know, that, that there is a best practice for being able to sustainably maintain some of this tech, um, sustainably, you know, grow and, uh, and rise to new challenges. Um, I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of Magenta One users today that, um, that are going to continue to, to experience that in the, uh, in the coming months as Magenta One goes end of life, that yeah. a, a lot of those, uh, those tools that they've relied on, um, if they were still getting patches um, you know, from the extension developers and such, a lot of them will probably start to peter out. Um, it's foreseeable. I, I know that some extension dev teams are going to continue to provide support. They've got a lot of users using these extensions, sure. not um, abandoning <laughs> ship, but some have already abandoned ship. So it's, it's sort of a mixed, um, mixed bag. And I, I do want to ask you, um, you know, as a team, obviously, so you have user bases in, uh, you know, with these platforms like WordPress, Drupal, Magento. How do you interact with these communities? So, you know, you're proactively monitoring sites and seeing uh, as you're cleaning up sites, seeing uh, what, what types of attacks happened and trying to build new, I'll, I'll consider it like an antivirus definition uh, around what you're finding so that you can more easily block or pick up on a, a future instance of that, that type of uh, attack. But, um, you know, what other interaction do you have outside of companies like, like JetRails that bring your, your products, your services forward sure. to market? I think, well, first and foremost, it's collaborating with those security teams upon um, discovering about this, uh, some vulnerability that we don't see has been patched. Uh, that's always our responsibility on our part to report that, and that's been across any of those CMS platforms in the past. Um, now, beyond that, with the community itself, uh, we've produced a lot of resources, especially over the last year, um, that speak to you know some do-it-yourself methods of either securing or cleaning your hack sites. You know, often I think we touched on some people don't have the resources or the pockets to dive into and invest in a vendor, a service that that we understand. You know, the circumstances change are different everywhere, um, but we have guides and resources on our site that can help you identify trends and or or anomalies that can lead you to where the infection sits and how to clean that best practices i think if anybody were to google uh security magento security i think the first thing that should pop up is our security guide which actually gives you steps to uh providing you like some strength uh best practices, right? Like obviously talking about updating your modules and extensions, going into other things like uh, admin panel security, uh, back backups, um, some of the other things we've touched on throughout the course of this conversation. And moreover, always remaining committed to protecting any user of any platform through end of life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether that's on WordPress, whether that's Drupal or Magento, whatever the platform is, uh, committing to them that no matter how far in the future we are, we'll always be securing those applications. Will we always encourage you to update? Of course. But we understand that glove doesn't, you know, fit every hand. So, you know, we'll, we'll always be committed to making sure that we've empowered the business owner and the site owner to do the best, uh, you know, to be in the best position to succeed. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's always been our responsibility to educate as much as possible. I also do more educating than I do, uh, hmm. but you know, onboarding and stuff like that. So uh, I think it's really, imp- I think it's important. I think you mentioned, I think knowledge is power. I think it's, that's a great phrase to use. Knowledge is power because the more you have of it, especially with something like this, 
I think the more confident and the, the less resistant the business, the site owner will be to looking for better tools and better you know, resources or them being more confident to challenge their cloud provider. Well, great, your infrastructure is secure, but what are you actually doing specific for my web application? How secure are your processes? What resources do you have available for me if my site doesn't get infected? Um, so I would, I would challenge anyone listening if you don't know the answer to that, even just with existing vendors you're using, start asking those questions and take inventory of what you have and whether that may spark a conversation about changing what you're using for something that makes more sense. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, at JetRails, you know, we're, we're really proud to help customers more holistically so that um, as I was mentioning earlier, you know, they don't have to manage all of that on their own, that we're their, their outsourced sysops team. In essence, we're an extension of their business. We're partners in, uh, in addressing the, these things, but, um, you know, that's not meant to be a one size, uh, fits all for every single user out there. Um, it's, we love educating the community, making sure that they've got the resources that they need, whether, they're getting it from us or they're getting it somewhere else. Sure. Um, and, you know, I, you mentioned something that I wanted to uh, go one level deeper on. If I remember correctly from years ago, I, I recall your team finding security issues with Magento that were being reported to Magento and that were then being patched in future Magento uh, security patch releases. In essence, your users were already virtually patched against those things yes. you'd already found them and addressed them um, and then the magento community would get that later on um, and and your team you know was was actively playing that role um, you know almost i don't know that your team was getting any sort of bounty for it um, from magento no, at the time but you know but, but that's just not. part of uh, you know part of what we all do in the community is you know if we find uh, some kind of major you know or minor vulnerability that uh, you know that we want to push that forward, um, you know, before <laughs> someone with, with uh, less good intention finds it. No, yeah, there there have been some uh, stored cross-site scripting years ago, and and, and more popularly, you know, we've gotten different variants of attacks that we've disclosed, and then just Magento for others. And I, yeah, it's it's never with the intent to collect a bounty or. Uh, in reality, a lot of what we do, I think, is just a responsibility in the security community in general. Um, it's no different than disclosing even with other, you know, security vendors about like, are you aware of this? You know, and collaborating with them because ultimately we're trying to serve the the audience overall over the globe to be in a position to succeed. And you know, of course, yeah, if, if of course we've just, we've identified this, then that means I'm able to uh, reproduce these things, and we're very immediately producing a patch on our end as well um, while we disclose this because of course you know these platforms need time to develop a patch uh, and we and distribute it and give their users time to actually get it yeah, installed i mean it's just like just like developers that there's a qa process involved to ensure it doesn't break anything else right um, but of course in that in that window of what we call it that zero day window that's often exactly where most attacks happen because, yeah, you have to disclose that there's an issue that draws the attention of uh, black hat actors out there. And um, we often are, you know, 
fortunate enough that sometimes even our existing rules that have been sitting there for a long time prevent against that. Um, I think uh, towards uh, last, you know, towards uh, some point last year, we were tracking those things and we were catching at least you know 90, 95% of zero data as they were announced with our existing default rules. So it's very rare that we actually have to go in and you know create something new from something that was disclosed. Um, and that's just, again, I think probably a good, uh, it's a good validation of the efforts our research team does every single day, uh, and some of which I work, whom I work with personally. So they, they do a great job. Uh, and we try to do the best in the community because also we have people that are part of that community. And so they're just as invested in making sure the platform succeeds. So, you know, we have people who organize events and are part of that and lead all kinds of initiatives, which is great to see, but, you know, it's just as important to us. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you joining for this conversation today. Um, anything else coming down the pike that you want to chat about or any final thoughts that you'd like to share? So I think, um, one of the things I just touched on was about making sure you take inventory of what you have. I'll echo it again. I'm not trying to, you know, beat the same drum on this, but it, I'm never really surprised or worried when someone doesn't know exactly how to secure a site or to understand the difference between, uh, you know, an endpoint or a cloud-based firewall. These types of topics they're important, sure, but some a lot of times the problem is simply not knowing what you have in place you know it's no different than when someone purchases a new home sometimes you're in a rush to move in and you're setting everything up but then you don't take inventory of the fact that the sliding door has a really bad locking me mechanism and you got to get that replaced and some people never notice that and stuff like that that can lead to someone just testing out every window and then one night boom it's someone locking you know getting in and stealing furniture and equipment so Take inventory of what you have, what you know, whom you have delegated for these tasks, uh, and start there. Uh, the, you know, online, there's so many resources, and you know whether it's reaching out through us or with you guys to you know guide them in the right direction. Um, at the, you know, just at least them coming to the door with, hey, we just realized that we're completely vulnerable with A, B, and C. That is the best first step for any business owner. So I would, I would challenge anyone who doesn't know for a fact exactly how all of this fits in within their existing um you know with, with their existing life and their operations to go do that and then let's let's get the answers together awesome uh, well thank you again for joining for our listeners thank you for tuning in for another episode of the jet rails podcast uh, please, by all means, feel free to subscribe, um, comment, and engage with us wherever you listen to, to podcasts. Uh, we appreciate all those ratings and um, all the feedback of all sorts that, that we've received. Um, you can you know, interact with us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we're posting videos of most of these episodes, uh, full videos on, on Facebook and YouTube that, that you can see. And, uh, you know, good luck <laughs> uh, for, you know, for, for, for those that, uh, that uh, you know, are, are about to run some security audits uh, on their site. You know, at the Jet Rails team, we're happy to help with some of those free audits and, um, you know, hoping that, that yours turns out really good uh, and happy selling. <laughs>